Getting the lead out is still a problem. That and other stories on H2O Radio's weekly news report about water. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. As 2016 shapes up to be the hottest year on record, temperatures in the Arctic are much warmer than ever, much. And some are calling the situation truly exceptional, but not in a good way. Weather stations around the North Pole are showing that it's been warmer by as much as 36 degrees Fahrenheit over the past several days. At this time of year, it's always dark in the Arctic and temperatures usually drop. But a scientist at the University of California, Irvine, put out a graph that shows the mercury has actually risen since mid-October. Daniel Swain of UCLA told BuzzFeed News that it's barely cold enough to keep ice frozen in spots. And of major concern, the low level of sea ice in the Arctic. The sea ice on Saturday, November 19th, was almost 400,000 square miles less than the previous record. That's nearly 30% below the long-term average in October. And even more remarkable is that sea ice levels at the other end of the world, in the Antarctic, are also way below average. The declining sea ice in the southern hemisphere is a new development. Climate change skeptics have pointed to the earlier lack of sea ice decline there as indicating that the Earth is not really warming. But now, that slim piece of evidence that deniers clung to seems to be melting away. Although it is still way too early to tell if sea ice in the Antarctic will continue to decline. It's been more than a year since state officials admitted that Flint's water supply was poisoned with lead, and residents are still not able to drink from their taps without a properly installed filter. As we noted in our last edition, a federal judge in Michigan ordered state and local officials to deliver four cases of bottled water each week directly to homes of Flint residents as the lead poisoning crisis continues. But the state is fighting the order and has requested a stay while they appeal. Republican Governor Rick Snyder's lawyers are arguing that it would be too expensive to comply. The governor's spokesperson issued a statement saying that the court's order would require a large-scale military operation. The state said the delivery of bottled water is unnecessary and taxpayers should be spared this great expense. But the advocacy groups asking the judge for the deliveries say that the state should have to guarantee that every resident has access to clean water. And contrary to the governor's position, the city of Flint itself is not asking the judge to suspend his order. When the order was issued, the mayor, Karen Weaver, said that they would do everything they could to comply. And in related news, high levels of lead have been detected in water at 60 schools in Cleveland and more than 160 school buildings in Massachusetts. Here at H2O Radio, we want to note the passing of Leon Billings, who many call the architect of the Clean Water and Clean Air Acts. Billings worked for Senator Edmund Muskie and was the first staff director of the Senate Environment Subcommittee. Billings was born in Helena, Montana, and was known for not pulling any punches. When he was a junior in high school, he was kicked out of history class many times because he argued with a teacher who was a very strong conservative. Billings himself called the 38-page Clean Air Act probably the most radical statute ever enacted. 
He said that they were in a full-scale war to protect public health from environmental degradation and the profit motive of corporate America. Billings was 78 when he died last week. Some residents in Miami are calling it a canary in a coal mine, but it might be more appropriate to call it an octopus in a parking garage. That's because real estate broker Richard Conlon found an octopus, along with schools of fish, in the lower level of his building last week, which had flooded. The water came up through drains during the king tide, a phenomenon that occurs when seas rise and water comes up from the ground into streets, buildings, and homes, an event that was made much worse during last week's supermoon. Octopuses like small, dark spaces and likely got into the parking structure through a drain. But the animal's appearance in a residential building is seen by some as a warning of what could result from climate change. Sea level rise, along with the high tides, are submerging drainage pipes, causing more water to pour into buildings and structures. The Miami Herald reports that flooding in Miami Beach has increased 400% since 2006. And finally this week, we want to acknowledge that November 19th was World Toilet Day. The UN-sponsored campaign raises awareness about the 2.4 billion people who lack access to clean, safe sanitation. And the nearly 1 billion who have to defecate in the open. There's some good news amidst this serious and enormous problem. In fast-growing China, cities are adding more sanitation. The country's managed to build toilets faster than its population is growing. But the nonprofit Water Aid found this year that many countries still lack basic sanitation, like Nigeria and South Sudan. In particular, the organization called out India for having the greatest number of urbanites living without a toilet. According to the last census, more people in that country have a cell phone than access to proper sanitation. Jack Sim thinks that statistic might be a solution. Mr. Sim, a.k.a. Mr. Toilet, is the founder of the World Toilet Organization and is a UN partner advocating for safe and clean sanitation. He thinks if toilets were beautiful, people would use them and brag about them. He's calling for nothing short of potty envy, telling the Sunday Guardian that jealousy is a very strong motivator. He said if toilets were as desirable as cell phones, people would compete. It's just human nature. Also human nature? People's need to overshare on social media. If his idea succeeds, brace yourselves. The web may become flush with selfies from the loo. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association. Sustainable water management means more than just conservation. Learn about water efficiency and resilience at awwa.org slash sustainable.